And welcome back to the Uke Stuff podcast. That's an arrangement of Tetris for chord melody that I had created this summer, and I'm still trying to get it under my fingers. And every chance I get, I'm trying to play it. So I am playing currently my Aklot Tenor Bamboo Ukulele. I just posted a video of this today when I'm filming this podcast of a, of a full time review of this instrument, and uh, it has been. Uh, kind of a nice surprise. Uh, Aklot's looking at some other solutions, and um, again, as I talk about in the review of this instrument, I uh, contacted them because they were offering it for a lower price on eBay, and I offered them an even lower price. We got to talking, and they sold it to me for a price that was under their original price, with the intent, I think, knowing that I would review it, and uh, so, so I bought it, and I've been really impressed. I've since uh, put a little dent in the side. If you're watching this on YouTube, I, I think you can see that little dent right there. Um, but that's okay. Um, it's, it's all right. And I just replaced the strings today. I found a set of the Dario fluorocarbon, low G, and I didn't really intend to go low G with it. But I did. So um, anyway, so I've been doing a lot of work with that, and I wanted to record another podcast. I had a lot of ideas for the podcast this summer, and a, a bunch of people that I'd contacted with hopes of being able to interview them and talk with them, and those things just really didn't work out. So um, I kind of, uh, life has changed a lot for me, and uh, really the first thing I'd like to mention is what makes this different than my normal just little things that I record? Well, when I'm doing a YouTube uh, Uke Stuff video, it's usually around one specific topic where the podcast gives me the opportunity either to visit with somebody else or to cover a bunch of topics that are of interest to me. And I started dropping the video down um, partly out of what Uke Town podcast does, partly out of what... Uh, the ukulele site has been doing, and a number of other people. So rather than just being purely audio, if you want to watch this on YouTube, it's also on the youtube.com slash ukestuff page. That's why I'm doing this in a podcast setting. Um, sometimes these podcasts may even be shorter than some of my other videos. I think the review of this Aklot, uh, the Bamboo Tenor, was 20 minutes long, which could be a perfectly long podcast or a perfectly acceptable podcast length, but I just went with this one instead. And of course, I'll still publish this to radio. 
or not necessarily radio, I was thinking uh, Radio Public, and I'll talk about that in a second. So, um, welcome to the Uke Stuff Podcast. I used to call it the Ukulele Video Playlong Podcast and realized that I wanted to cover more than that. Now, again, because my big investment back into the ukulele community is the Ukulele Playlong um, that was originally developed by Dr. Jill Reese at the University of New York in Fredonia, um, that topic will never leave this channel. That will always be a part of what I'm talking about and doing, but this also gives me the flexibility to cover some other things. So the big news in my life is that I am now an elementary music teacher for the first time um, ever in my career. Although I student taught with elementary, this is my first journey into actually teaching elementary music. And we're a month in already, and um, it's a big adjustment for me. Uh, 30 minute classes, I have 20 different classes that I see twice a week for 30 minutes, and I have a commute to a second school. So my primary school is a Spanish immersion school. It's really cool, um, having a lot of fun there. And then I end my day for 30 minutes teaching one class after nearly a 30 minute drive, uh, walk in the door, teach for 30 minutes, and then that's it for my day. So um, the planning has been really an overload for me because we have a very old district curriculum and they're working on finding a new one. And then I'm trying to put in all these other parts and um, it's very interesting. It's um, kids are great. It's been a lot of fun. They're smart. They're they're catching on things. And I'm sure I am not your quintessential elementary teacher, but that's okay. But I will tell you that the ukulele is with me every step of the way. Um, in fact, um, one of the people that I've I've really learned to admire in the last six months because I didn't even know about. Um, her work is Stephanie Level, and uh, in fact, I'm working on a couple playlongs right now that Stephanie created, songs that Stephanie created, but earlier this summer, she um, introduced an introduction to, to music class, and it kind of goes like this. Hey, hey, hello, it's time for music. Hey, hey, hello. Hey, hey, hello, it's time for music. Discover and grow. Hey, hey, hello. And I bring my ukulele with me, and we play and sing with it, and we sing that in every one of my classes, um, K through five. Now you might think that the fourth graders and the fifth graders think it's um, too juvenile, but I always kind of challenge them with the idea of never lose your ability to be silly, maybe you lose your ability to be corny, and really we still want to do this. We want to play, learn, discover, and grow. So what I've been trying to try to figure out is how to play for 30 minutes a day with these kids while still teaching them. And it's been a fun, fun journey. But that means that the planning time has been immense. In those first couple of weeks, it was two to three hours a night. Um, right now, it's probably still four to six hours a week of planning to teach those classes. So you'd think that a 30-minute class wouldn't require that much. But for what I do and the way that I do things with technology, it has been a massive workload. So what has changed in my life is that I don't have time to sit down and make playalongs every night. Um, if I'm lucky, I'm generating one a week. And then I still have a backlog from the summer of songs that I had created that I'm making 
a tutorial for. And the tutorial goes on the same YouTube channel as this video will go on, which is youtube.com slash ukestuff. And the idea behind the whole split, and I've talked about this before, is that the Uke Playlong channel cannot be monetized. It's just stuck. Uh, YouTube labels it as duplication. It sees no extra educational value, although there's nobody really there that you can argue that with. So earlier this summer, I decided, you know what, I'll make this secondary channel, and it's the youtube.com slash stuff. And just today, I think we passed 425 subscribers. The goal for me is to hit 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 view hours so that then that channel can be monetized. Then I really don't care about subscriptions at all. As long as we're meeting that, and by nature, channels as they are on there longer and longer and longer, the subscription base should grow. And I'm adding all sorts of other content too. So now I'm doing the Uke Guide series, which is a review of ukuleles on a um, almost like an energy guide deal. And it looks at both the subjective and objective aspects of a ukulele in review. So even if you disagree with my subject, subjective kind of analysis, you still kind of have to uh, put a nod to the objective information that's given and, and doing that stuff. So that channel is growing. It's, it's getting there. I'm looking forward to when that actually starts being able to be monetized and, and to bring in some income. But what has suffered is my ability to put out a video two, three times a week that's just a ukulele play long. And then I think I've mentioned this before, but after my interview with Dr. Reese earlier um, this year, I had my own thoughts about where I should go with things. So in addition to wanting to create this secondary channel and have content, so the tutorial is connected to the play along, but it's my own content, so I keep it over there, um, was also the idea of what are the next steps for players. So now when I make a video, it's at least three formats. You've got a ukulele format. Last summer I started, not this summer, but the last summer, I started the baritone ukulele format. There's over 100 of those now. Um, by the way, the playlongs, there's well over 1,100 um, by all the different people. And then um, the newest thing this summer or, or earlier spring after talking to Dr. Reese was the idea of putting a the next step, which would be chords and lyrics only on the screen, just like the lyrics, lyric books that are used by a lot of ukulele groups. So that's the next step in that process. And then the cool part is that any non-transposing instrument like guitar can play along because that's all the same. So that's all going on, but unfortunately I'm only putting out one play along video a week and then uh, for sure one uke stuff content a week such as a ukulele review and if I have something extra like an unboxing or something I'll do it there so um, yeah the content is steady but it may not be as much as anybody else is looking for but as I'm watching a lot of the other creators that I had been watching are also not posting a whole lot that includes people like Elise Eklund um, who, who has a strong connection with flight ukuleles and um, even Bernadette, Bernadette just had a sequence where she posted a 30-day, one video a day, but even she isn't posting every day like they like they used to. So I feel okay with trying to stick with one play-along a week at least, and then one Uke Stuff content a week. And then I haven't done things like the podcast here for quite a while, so I want to make sure that I'm still doing that because I really enjoy kind of the the larger format 
to talk about things and where things are going. So I am sort of back at the old school where I was. The long story is that we built a new middle school and we lived there for a year. We ordered outdoor ukuleles, an entire set of them that are at that middle school that we used last year. And then now that I'm at this elementary position, I had left the ukuleles that we had purchased when I was there, there at that school because we had the ability to buy new ones. And in fact, we didn't really spend a whole lot of money on choir at all um, in the new middle school. Uh, basically, you just have things like chairs and uh, and a piano. We bought a nice digital piano, but even so, that's that's nothing compared to what you spend for a band or orchestra. So the whole bill with um, uh, the outdoor ukuleles, I think, was was around $4,500 for 70 of them, which is nothing. I mean, that's not even the price of one bassoon. So anyway, those instruments are there. And now I'm back with the caramel ukuleles that I had bought when I was at the school before. Um, the Cali ukuleles have been de um, donated to that school. I also distributed those in our district. And now three other schools, as well as ours, have ukuleles to use which is really exciting for me too and i've been doing some stuff with some of my fellow teachers with that and we'll do more in the days to come uh, by the way if you happen to be at wisconsin music educators association uh, just in a couple weeks here i will be a presenter at the wisconsin music education conference sponsored by parapol i've had a chance to um, get to know andrew perry who's the owner and CEO of Parapol over the last few years. And um, that opportunity uh, came about and they arranged for me to do a couple sessions down there. So I'm looking forward to speaking about getting past the first five chords on ukulele. That's gonna be one of my sessions. And then the other session will be talking about a 21st century pedagogy, which would be using the play long videos. And I'll be talking about the, basically the, the process that I've created and I'm still not sure how to market that. If you have an idea of how I should market that, let me know. Ultimately, what I've done is I've put the videos that are out there that fit into a particular chord progression of learning chords into a Google Slides document. And basically all the teacher has to do is go through each song and by the time that you're done the songs or and you can skip one or two it depends on what you want to do by the time that you've done all those songs and you go to the next chord you, then you add another chord to the existing chords and then you add another chord to the existing chord and there's a huge library now of songs that you can use and they're all linked in this google slides document but i'm not sure how to market that i it needs to be marketed because it does represent hours and hours of work not the creation of the videos even, but just the creation of this master plan and then the continual sort of um, curation of that resource. So, but I'm just not sure how do you grant someone access to a Google slide for a period of time and then if, you know, and then pull it back because you don't want to give them permanent. Maybe you do want to give them permanent. I'm not sure how to approach that and that's something that I need to think about. But anyway, I'll be talking about that method and how to use the videos in a different way. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. So that's coming as well. So while I've got these uh, caramel ukuleles, my fifth graders will start using them pretty soon. Um, third and fourth grade do recorders, so I'm looking forward to that, and uh, it'll be a good time. So some of the other things I've done, um, in our district, 
And in the state of Minnesota, we have an alternative teacher pay program that um, rewards teachers or encourages teachers to work collaboratively. And also sometimes you, you have to link achievement to them um, to certain goals that are school goals. Um, and whether or not you meet those goals, it, it depends on how much you get paid in a year. And some goals that you create, um, you create at the encouragement of the school or the district or the state. And they're slightly unrealistic goals that can't be met. Um, they're a little too high for what a normal human being or what a normal school sees in growth. So in, in, when there's uh, financial benefits connected to those, there's really nothing you can do to get those. But in the long run, that money goes back into professional development at schools. It's a, it's a big, interesting thing. But in our district, we are asked to serve a day, have a full day of collaborative effort on some project with other teachers in our district. So I am teaming up with some of our other elementary teachers about using ukulele. And one of the things that we did is we attended a SongWorks session. And SongWorks is an organization that teaches elementary students through the use of folk music and song and a lot of movement and other things. And again, I'm not your full movement teacher either, at least not yet in my career. I'm still just, I'll just say I'm just a baby in terms of elementary education. But what was really fascinating to me is that they, that entire session was all about introducing ukulele to students, but they were even like all the way down to like kindergarten. On a related note, Stephanie Level, who is at musicforkiddos.com, she has a method, I have not seen it yet, where she encourages the use of ukulele and how to teach it even to very young students, pre-K and K. Um, that's a whole new thought to me because I've always had sort of a mindset, just like in many other methods uh, for elementary education, that ukulele should be kind of around fifth grade. Um, not sure if I'm ready to go there yet, but there were some really interesting ideas. Uh, at that school, they put a star on the top. I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of show this on the video, but they actually drew with a Sharpie on the top um, side of the ukulele that faces you so that a student when they're holding the ukulele could see the star. Um, incidentally, not a whole lot of focus on left hand instruction. So that's something that I've grown to want to help students with is to teach left handed if they need or want to play left handed. But anyway, they drew a star on this side. And then on the back of the neck, um, they put one of those like Velcro adhesive dots for students to put their thumb there. Now, I think I'm going to try to remember to talk about this a little bit later, but I also just attended the UA, uh, LA Ukulele Festival, International Ukulele Festival, with my friend Eukster Brown. And um, at that session, Craig Chi, um, or at that conference or event, Craig Chi, one of the world's great touring instrumentalists and teachers of ukulele, Really, really great teacher. Um, really enjoyed his session. One of the things he challenged people with was to not necessarily feel like they had to have their neck on the back of the neck, which is against so many teachers and, and what they teach. So um, anyway, so it differed there. And then they um, had a, a different dot system. And I already know of two different dot systems. You've got the Calicolor cord, 
you've got rainbow ukulele and this was from another person that they were encouraging um, different colors dots and I just I kind of wish that they'd all just talk with each other and come up with a common set so that teachers everywhere can use the same colors um, I even know my friend Rachel Webley with ukuleleans I bought one of their shirts too by the way I should have worn that tonight maybe next time but um, ukuleleans her group from her uh, school in Wales um, they have their own coloring system too and that you actually can see it in some of her uh, beginner videos where the chord shapes are actually colored for that. So anyway, that was kind of interesting. They did things like um, playing a chord and then passing your ukulele to a friend while you took the next one. Um, a little bit with composition of writing songs and it was it's kind of a really fascinating morning and it'll be interesting to see how I apply some of that stuff in the near future. Um, even like they, they like would map out a song and draw out a chord shape. I've seen that for a long time, but then they'd put the color of dots that they used to let students know what the, you know, what chords they're supposed to be playing in the song. So a lot of neat ideas there. Um, also had a chance uh, just last weekend and one week from ago today, I was on a plane uh, flying back from LA. So what I do is to avoid the cost of a hotel, to avoid the the cost of days off at work, which I, you know, I use to do the presentations and other things. Um, what I do is I fly out very early in the morning to LA, go to the festival, leave around four ish, four twenty ish, get back to the airport, fly back to Minnesota, and it's like a twenty hour day. Um, done that for the last two years this year Eukster Brown joined me and once again it was just fun and we did our own things throughout the day so sometimes we talked with each other sometimes we went off our different ways and I had a chance to meet Christopher Shannon Christopher Davis Shannon who is known as Banjolele Tin Man he has a YouTube channel but he also is very active on Facebook and some other places had a chance to actually say hi to him had a chance to actually say hi to Bernadette um, I'd love to just chat with her sometime. Um, what I'd like to say about Bernadette is um, she's kind of been picked on a little bit by another really pretty famous ukulele reviewer. Um, that's the only way I can say it. And I, I don't know what to do about that. I don't think anybody's going to be changing it. But what... The, the reviewer kind of is like upset because she has relationships with um, manufacturers. They send her instruments. She reviews them. Uh, she has about 100 and I think she's getting close to 150,000 subscribers. Maybe she has more now. She, she does all this stuff and she's really fostering this ukulele community. But it's easy to be a little cynical and to see her online and say, is this person really this way? So I had the chance to... Um, I was trying to float around to different uh, classes. The only class I sat in from start to finish was Craig Cheese. And that's because everything that was there was really applicable to me. It was like that next step intermediate level. Um, whereas the other sessions had things that were value. No question. People were getting great stuff out of them. But I, I could float and see what they were teaching, how they were teaching, and go to the next place and take a little bit of teaching method and a little bit of concept from place to place, if that makes sense. But I did spend uh, quite a bit of time watching Bernadette's uh, class with beginners, and it was 
she continually works to ex expand her knowledge. So when she started off, there were times in her videos that she didn't know, you know, something like the name of uh, curfing or something. But then she'd learn it and she'd put it in the next time. And that's how we all, we all start from somewhere. So I just give her all the kudos in the world for just going out there and starting. But now she's developed this, this like community. Uh, a couple other people too have, like Katie Denure has really fostered a community of of people that comment and uh, comment back to Bernadette. And when they do live streams and things, there there's a there's a family sense there. And seeing her in person, she's the real deal. Um, you know, the person you see on film, I think fits her perfectly because that's who she really is. I think she would admit that at moments. She has flighty moments. At moments, she has forgetful moments. Um, but at the same time, she really is big into this idea of giving back and helping others. And um, just watching her joy at a room of beginners and when they did something successful and her level of success. And also, um, and I told her this while we talked in person, when she um, would switch back she would use elementary techniques to bring the focus of the group back. So, for example, she'd teach something and say, okay, play with it, whatever. And then she'd come back and she had a microphone on, which is great strategy. Um, she would then say, okay, everyone, let's take four beats of breath in and then let's do eight out or whatever. And, uh, you know, kind of do breathing. And all we're finding out about in teaching right now is there's this big push for mind mindfulness it's not yoga it's not eastern religion it's just being present i mean even your apple watch and right now if um, you're watching the video i'm pointing to my apple watch there's a breathe function on the apple watch that says taps you on your wrist a few times a day and says hey take a minute to breathe that stuff brings people back it brings adults back it brings kids back and it was really fun to watch bernadette work in that context so i am a believer um in bernadette and what she's doing if she can earn a living doing that um all the power to her now i realize that some people are going to be jealous that's a possibility i don't really think i'm going to be because that's not the kind of person i am i mean all the stuff i've done over the years with tech and music ed and uke stuff um, I would like to earn some kind of income for doing this sort of thing. Um, if I can afford ukuleles to review and if I can eventually afford some other nice, nice ukuleles like a Kamaka um, down the road since I already have my Koalohas and things, um, I'd love that. If we could pay for a family vacation at some point to Hawaii through this work, I'd be pretty happy. Um I'm not looking to make a million dollars, and I certainly don't think this will ever be my full-time job. Um, but to those people that can do it, seriously, you're building the community, you're doing the work, why shouldn't you um, earn a living for that? So I, I hope that this becomes a lucrative thing for her. And I hope that someday she'll be able to come on this podcast and we can talk about ukulele and education and teaching people and building community that'd be a lot of fun for me but i will tell you that bernadette is starting her own podcast so that may or may not work out but nonetheless um i just i think she's doing great stuff and 
I'm all for her. So I'll just say that publicly, and I'm not going to uh, criticize her in any way. That's awesome. So it was great, great to see that because you can tell as a teacher when you're watching somebody else teach, you can tell if they're full of it. You can tell if they're in it for themselves. You can tell if they have a chip on their shoulder. Bernadette's the real deal. So um, I also had a chance to meet Jim and Liz Biloff, even for just a moment, and to say hello. And uh, I made a play along of You Can't Help But Smile, which is um, one of the kind of, it's, it's kind of a tacky ukulele song. That's the only way to put it that Jim wrote that our local ukulele club used to do at the end of every uh, meeting until I think some people started complaining about it. But I made a play along of that, and I had shared that with Jim um, a couple of years ago and he reposted on Facebook. So I had the chance to say, Hey, I was the guy that, you know, made that. And he's like, Oh, that was a great job. And it was just, it was a, it was a great moment to meet him. And again, I don't get weirded out by meeting celebrities by any means, the imagination and outside of the world of ukulele, I'm sure people just eh, Jim who, whatever. But, um, that man was one of the reasons why the ukulele had a rebirth. Um, Jake Shimabakuro's uh, performance of While My Guitar Gently Reap, Weeps, Reaps, no, While My Guitar Gently Weeps in Central Park on YouTube in about 2006 was part of it. But also Jim Biloff going out and finding ukulele at a flea market and then uh, starting to make books for it. And then his uh, sister, or is it sister-in-law? I think it's his sister. No, maybe it's sister-in-law. Anyway, that connection there, yeah, it's his sister, I'm pretty sure. Um, and his brother-in-law, I believe, made Magic Fluke and that instrument. And it was the first, you know, American-made continental. American-made, obviously, Hawaii, right? But the first continental um, ukulele made in a long time and just seen as a amazing instrument, still is. They're celebrating 20 years, by the way, this year, if you want to get an anniversary model from Magic Flute. And uh, just that whole connection of meeting him is just kind of neat. That's that's ukulele royalty in our, in our era right there. So that was fun. Um, and then just saw a bunch of other people uh, interacting. Uh, Brian Tolentino, a very, very famous recording artist, ukulele person, um, Hawaiian uh, Kamaka artist and um, Herb Oda Jr. and they're playing together. That was pretty cool and it was fun to watch their interaction together. So it was a good time. All vendors and all that other stuff. Now, if you're interested, I did make a short montage. I think it's no more than five minutes. That's also on the webpage here, so you can check that out too. Um, so LA U Festival worth it if you have a chance to go in 2020. Do so. I'm gonna try to do there. By the way, next year is the year of the Hawaiian D7 chord, uh, 2020. I'm going to play the Hawaiian D7 right now. Although this ukulele is going out of tune pretty rapidly um, because I just put on these Dario strings today and I just haven't played it enough for the strings to stretch out fully. But they will. They'll be there soon. Um, as for ukuleles, I've uh, reviewed quite a few um, in the last few weeks, and a couple of them have been new to me. Um, I did get a chance to review that new Panda, which is a copy of the Flight TUS-35. I uh, just found out today that the Flight TUS-35 now has a different 
uh, bridge and saddle combination than the one that mine has. Mine has a compensated saddle. The new ones come with a bridge and a drop-in saddle that can be adjusted for height. So that's good to know. It's not compensated though. I uh, just thought I should would share that with you. Of course, this Aklot, and the one that I'm waiting for is from Enya. Uh, this Earlier this summer, they announced that they'd be making a carbon fiber ukulele that would sort of be like the outdoor ukulele, except it'd be in the concert size. It sort of has a cutaway, and it's very thin. Well, I got notification that it's shipping. I've been watching on the Underground Ukulele Forum um, and other places, and people are starting to get theirs. And mine is mine was one of the earliest orders. When they let me know that it was available for order, I ordered it immediately. And mine is still in China. It's been shipped, but it's still in China. So unfortunately, I won't be able to review that one for a while. But there's plenty of other ukuleles that I have at my house that I haven't reviewed, especially the under the uke guide format. So I will keep going with that. Um, as for playalongs. A lot of different uh, playlongs in the past uh, weeks I've been watching as because each of my playlongs now that I make the, the tutorial I also am providing tutorial notes for those and I counted that the other day I think I'm up to almost 20 videos with tutorial notes since I started this summer so I'm kind of impressed by that so I love the fact that those tutorial notes are on ukestuff.info that you can access um, but also um, I have a couple uh, Halloween videos for sure coming in the next couple weeks and maybe a third. I just got to make sure that I've got time to get to it. Although we do have a little vacation coming up, uh, not this week, but next week. I think it's next week. I got to look. It might be two weeks. But anyway, um, you start losing time. When you only see your students twice a week and there's a five-day rotating schedule, you start to, to lose uh, track of reality. It's just kind of interesting how that, that kind of just sorts out your brain but um, anyway so watch for some ukulele playalongs that have a Halloween theme and don't forget if you look at youtube.com slash ukeplayalongs and you go into the playlist there is a Halloween playlist of songs that I've created so like Monster Mash is there, uh, Zombies Just Want to Be Loved and a couple other ones that are really kind of fun so a lot of stuff coming up and I will keep doing what I'm doing so I think that covers it. We're 35 minutes into this little um, little podcast today, and I think I've covered everything that I really want to talk about. Um, I'd written down some notes before I started, and I know I've covered all those topics. So I hope things are going well for you. If you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to leave them um, either in the comments of the YouTube video on youtube.com slash or to go to the website, yukestuff.info, and send me an email to the link there and I try to respond to everything. Now on YouTube, I do delete negative comments. On the Uke stuff, there hasn't been any. Occasionally there's one or two with the nearing 35,000 subscribers on the Uke Playalongs channel. Occasionally there's a negative comment or two that I just I just send to the, the world of nothingness. But generally people are very positive and I, I too would like to kind of foster a positive community of people playing ukulele and, and just having fun with that. So I think that covers everything I've wanted to say. And I will do another podcast when either I have somebody that I want, can interview with me and, and wants to just talk about some things, or um, I will film another podcast after I have something else to say. Maybe that'll be after uh, the Wisconsin convention. You never know. These will be pop 
pop-up podcast. I can't guarantee that there's going to be one every month, and some months there might be more than one. And I also know that my son, who is seven, uh, desperately wants to be in a couple more videos with me. Um, so as we get to Christmas and into the holiday season, uh, sometime in November, I'll publish my annual things to buy for a ukulele person. And um, so he will probably join me with that one too. So as always, I really do appreciate you. Thanks for, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and, and thanks for your support. And as always, uh, thanks again for everything that you do and we will catch you the next time.